0: when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E.com. Hello, Tour Story listeners. Thank you for your continued support, and welcome to Season 4. I'd like to take a second to thank our friends and sponsors over at Isotope. Here at Ruinous, Chris and I rely heavily on easy-to-use tools like RX and Ozone, for all of our audio repair, mixing, and mastering. Now, Tour Story listeners can get 10% off Isotope plugins or try Music Production Suite Pro for free for 30 days using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-10. To get your discount and check out all of their easy-to-use products, go to isotope.com slash ruinous. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com slash ruinous and use code FRET10. And thank you for listening. Hi, Eva.
1: Hi. How's it
0: going? (laughs) Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm psyched that we're both wearing tank tops.
2: Yeah, what does yours say?
0: I don't know. It's in Laotian. (laughs) It's a map of Laos.
2: That's really cool.
0: Yeah, my friend Dimitri gave it to me about 15 years ago and i i covet it and here in seattle you don't get to wear a tank top very much so um where are you
2: i am in seattle right now at home (laughs) against my striped wall i painted myself
0: it looks cool (laughs) i need to do something like that besides uh legos or whatever i have behind me (laughs) how's your seattle summer been
2: it started off pretty good, and then there was a leak on the upstairs apartment into my bathroom, and I'm missing a piece of the ceiling. Bummer. Yeah, so it was going good, and then that happened. Yeah.
0: <laughs> have you been home for the most part this summer? Or have you been? Yeah, shows? for
2: the most part, we've. Um, I want to say maybe we've done a couple out of town gigs, but everything's a blur. I can't ever remember anything that ever happened until like five years later. I'm like, Oh, we did do that in 2022. That's cool. Um, So I don't know what we did this year, but for the most part, I've been, I've been in Seattle. (laughs) I work at KEXP. So I've been like really active at the radio station.
0: Our greatest, the greatest radio station. Yes. Our nation's greatest radio station. (laughs) And thanks for working there.
2: Oh, I love it. So great.
0: (laughs) So you grew up here in Seattle. Is that right?
2: Yes. Born and raised not leaving anytime soon only to work of course play music everywhere yeah. but we'll probably be living here for a lot longer i love seattle yeah. the northwest is just beautiful in general um yeah but my mom and everyone is from louisiana it's first generation oh. me and my siblings are first generation seattle lights
0: man the opposite yeah ends of the spectrum
2: we had the best of both worlds because we grew up in the beautiful Northwest, but we had Southern cooking like every day. So yeah. I feel kind of spoiled in that sense. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Do you still eat a lot of Southern cooking?
2: Um, not as much. Cause my grandma's dead. Oh, <laughs> she did all the sorry. cooking every day. My mom does it. Sometimes my mom's like, you know, career woman. Um, yeah. so not as much as I'd like. I Bummer. all childhood though. It was like, southern cuisine and i thought you know that's how people are supposed to cook and then outside of my grandma's house i was like oh wow they don't do that here and when we went back to new orleans i was or when i first visited new orleans i was like oh this 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 is this is where it is okay yeah so the northwest is beautiful but the southerners cook better
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i'm curious about your perspective on that You, you you know seattle's a pretty white city Portland, Seattle, Northwest, not as much Black culture for sure as as the South, um, really anywhere else in our country. But you've grew up and exposed to, it sounds like, a rich Southern culture. Yeah. How does Seattle look to you?
2: I mean, it definitely has changed. It wasn't always like this. When I was growing up, there was a lot of Black people here, of course, probably not compared to, you know, New Orleans or wherever certain places in the south but where i grew up in the community i grew up i went to a catholic school and it was predominantly black and filipino Mm. and then i i was in a dance group growing up and it was all black like i was around a lot of black people as a kid i never had that experience of like i'm the only black kid and i didn't get the only black person feeling till i was an adult and that's when they pushed everyone out because you know the cost of living going up and and Right now, there aren't a lot of Seattle natives here, so most of these people are transplants, but my family's technically transplants, too. The reason, you know, I'm a first-generation Seattleite is Boeing moved my family up here from New Orleans so my grandpa could work on the space program, and he couldn't find an engineering job down south as a black man, and Boeing uh, recruited him. And we've been up here since 1968, 1969. So Whoa. there are transplants too. And so it's kind of yeah. a culture of Seattle. There were, even when they were transplants, there were still a lot of Seattle natives here. And it's just like, that's not really the case anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I also um, moved here at a time, mid eighties. I can't even remember, with my parents. And at the time, there were signs that said go home Californians or something like mm. that because Californians were all moving here but it, it was it, i mean to illustrate the the uh chapters of you know transplant i think that i mean I, everything's ultimately made of that but it seems yeah. like seattle has a recent history of i guess it's the industry and everything here
2: yeah and i mean people you know um people you know are are mad about that And I think people need to really like this transplant thing and this cost of living thing has only been going up since, you know, the 60s. Starts with Boeing and then you have Microsoft, now you have Amazon. And it's like, this isn't, and I'm not trying to be like, I'm pro big, like save the big, the big, I'm not like trying to be like that or anything. I'm also, I'm just saying like, We put a lot of focus into like the companies coming here and not enough focus in the legislation. It's like, no, they should already have had laws passed to prevent stuff like this happening when these businesses move here. And it's like, that's where we need to hold our local government accountable, you know, versus just like yelling at a brick wall that's, you know, Microsoft or whatever. And not like changing laws. So when these big businesses, whoever's after Amazon come here, there's these laws in play that prevent these things from happening. And that to me is Local government problems, not necessarily. Um, but of course, you've got lobbyists and all that stuff, but I won't get too political. But uh, but it's like we need to focus on like passing certain things so we can prevent these things happening because people are going to be people can move wherever they want if they can afford it. So right. like we need to have laws in the play.
0: <laughs> yeah, and as, as we both just said, you know every everyone transplants somewhere. Yeah. So uh, to your point, it is up to the government and. Uh, it's not like it happened yesterday. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm thankful my family transplanted up here from New Orleans, they're guilty of that and probably helped bring up the cost of living, being my grandpa being, a you know, engineer and all that, like probably yeah. contribute to it. But it's like, you know, we gotta pay attention into like yeah putting things into play because we're not gonna stop people from moving <laughs> around.
0: <No. laughs> um, well, even more uh, Seattle, let me rephrase that the black tones celebrate Seattle even more by putting out that sub pop seven inch earlier this year. I have a record on sub pop and another record on the subsidiary of sub pop both times that sub pop accepted me into their lives. I was so psyched. (laughs) There's something about that black and white label. I know gets people so excited. (laughs) Uh, How, how psyched were you when that, when that happened?
2: Well, it's what's funny is that I actually um, I befriended Jonathan Poneman, um, you know, one of the founders of Sub Pop when I started working at KXP because he used to host the show that I host, Audio Oasis. I think he was actually the first host of Audio Oasis. And I remember he reached out to Cheryl and was like, who's the host? of Who's that host? I want to meet her. And so we met up, we talked, became friends and um, he gave me a tour of Sub Pop. And I just remember being like, oh man, I remember being a kid or being a teenager and like hearing about this label and thinking this was like the coolest freaking thing in the world. And I still think that. It's so awesome. Yeah. And um, over time, just kind of befriended um, some of the people there. And I actually originally reached out to, I think, John or another person. And I was like, hey, I just got hip to this sub-pop singles thing. My husband told me about it, actually. And I was like, I'd love to curate one with like Northwest artists. That would be pretty cool. And they were like, Hey, actually, we've been meaning to reach out (laughs) to you because we actually wanted to do one with you. I was like, "Oh, well, that'll work too." (laughs) I would love to. Thanks for asking. Um, So yeah, I was thrilled. I mean, it was one of those things that was like, you know, you when you're a musician, especially from Seattle, you think about having something from released through Sub Pop. So it was definitely like a bucket list mark. I'm like, this is great. I can say I have a Sub Pop release even if it's just if it's one it's great this is awesome
1: <laughs> yeah and
2: as a seattleite it just feels like going full circle it's like i'm checking off all the boxes of being from my city you know
0: <laughs> yeah well congratulations well thank it's you well, congratulations
2: um, on your releases you've had thank that's you. awesome
0: um well i want to play uh the end of everything the song on side a how's that sound
2: yeah let's do it
0: here it goes beginning and ending with feedback I like that move it could be going all the way through it. I don't, I can't remember.
2: <laughs> it, it is. There's, there's pieces yeah. of it, like just going. And yeah. that was Don Farwell's idea, the guy who engineered it.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. I was yeah. going to ask, um, well, first I, that song is there's something about, it, I can't put my finger on it and I've listened to it a ton uh, over the last couple of weeks. And it has uh I think it's like a British nineties, anthemic thing to it were you thinking that or does that news to you
2: that's news to me and that's great that's <laughs> fine yeah <laughs> yeah
0: there's something about it someday i'll get back to you and i'll figure out exact. there's something that's triggering a memory and i can't remember what it is regardless it's rad Thank great song you. um and who did you record this with
2: we recorded it with don farwell um, at earwig studios and it was our first time actually working with mm. him um he is an amazing human <laughs> i love him and uh i want to do more with him since Cobain and cornbread our debut he made our sound bigger um and i was like yeah that's the direction we should be going i i dig this a lot so he had a lot of great ideas um like i said the whole feedback thing was his idea um mm-hmm. i mean this is very cliche but he brought it to life for real. Yeah. <laughs> he made it better than the sound in my in my head. <laughs> much <Yeah>. better.
0: <laughs> and that that's funny that you say that because I do love um Indino's recording of oh, yeah. uh, Coban and Corbran. And the difference is, as you said, it's the song is so much wider and mm-hmm. I think that ha- that lends to that's anthemic feeling. Um
2: it had to be bigger because it's like about the end of everything, yeah, you know? Like I guess so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it really works. Back to Indino, what was it like recording with him? I recorded with him when I was 16. Wow. And I think the most amazing thing that came out of that was my memory of while we were tracking, you know, the studios have all the tapes up on the wall. Bleach was just sitting there, like the two inch reel of Bleach. That's insane (laughs) that was insane then yeah but but what was your experience with him
2: Uh, oh i freaking love him (laughs) i was at first intimidated because i knew you know i had heard of who he was and i was like oh but just like the nicest guy also doesn't gloat doesn't isn't a diva i mean he's very into the project he's working on at the moment he's like a chemist he reminds me of a chemist behind the soundboard all oh, right yeah. and um also had a lot of great feedback um added on to the songs to make them even better um heard things that i didn't even realize that you know should be there or and gave honest constructive feedback you know like hey this is cool this is sounding good but this is all it's doing. We need something, you know. And I love that kind of. I love that stuff. I I want that. I don't want that. Like, well, it's the musician. I want to their feel. He's very just like this is what it is, and yeah. very like just nice about it. Um, and working with Jack, I mean, I, it's definitely not the last time I work with Jack either. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. It's just it's a fucking sorry. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> experience. I. Um. Yeah. I yeah. Sorry, i I'm like sound servicey about it but i mean he is a great guy and he's very talented and i'm so impressed with his ear as well as don farwell just amazing and we're so lucky that they're based here in seattle us musicians were really lucky
0: (laughs) who played bass on the record i tend to uh go towards bass when i'm talking about recordings and i have no idea why i think bass is kind of my favorite rock instrument oh yeah but my ears go to bass and i Really love the way where it sits in the mix on Cobain and Corbred. I know that has mostly to do with Jack, the mix. But do either of you play bass in the band?
2: No. On bass, there were some songs that our old bassist Robbie played on. Mm -hmm. My husband definitely played bass on Striped Walls robbie played it on mr pink i think
0: yeah overall i just i mean the bass playing is really or the bass sound and and the playing is really the the glue to the record for me um oh yeah which is no news if i love the bass to me more than once yeah
2: and on the end of everything that particular recording my husband actually wrote that bass line um, really? for that song yeah
0: is he playing a band besides your band
2: no, he's actually a writer. He's mm. he's a writer that happens to also play bass. So when I need him, I can use him. But he used to play in like the Glass Notes and the Great Um mm. before I knew him.
0: Um, my favorite thing about the Black Tones is you guys have a, a a magical trifecta. The formula being when you have minimal lyrics, repetitive like hooky riff with a great title, those three things, they make so much room for each other to think about the sentiment of the song and really get into the riff. And it's just like a perfect listening experience. Wow, thank you. You give perfect space for everything. Um, is that how you write or?
2: Yeah. Well, with The End of Everything, I named that after a book called The End of Everything Astrophysically Speaking. Um, mm-hmm. So about like the death of the universe. Because uh, I like I'm in the science Before my husband. I dated like a physicist and I just got really into that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I took the title from that. The lyrics and stuff came first and I was looking for a name and I saw that book and I was like, bingo. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm calling it. Um so it's like, whoever you believe in, the second coming of whatever, all of this is going to end, right? Um, yeah. But as far as like writing with that or songs on Cobain and Cornbread, I really like songs that just groove, that are, you know, yeah. aren't doing too much. I don't want to like be all over the place. I'm not really into lyrics that say too much. Like like storytelling and all that is fine. I don't know. It's just, I I just want to like, groove and be in the music and i really like stuff from the 70s i love you know funkadelic and parliament and i love craftwork and um Felicuti and like how those bands could just like sit on something for like seven minutes yeah like i love that Me i too. love it and so people you know that kind of add a lot or there's a formula and they're all over the place good for them like if you feel yeah. it play it if you don't feel it don't yeah. play it and i'm just kind of like hey let's yeah. sit here and like i'll just sing a little bit that i you know uh, and then yeah. there's some songs i'm sure i've seen too much in um probably <laughs> but um for the most part i just like the groove you know and like the yeah. rolling stones do that with can you hear me Knock and like the ending is just kind of like staying on this like you know I, sure. I just i love that stuff and i love classic rock and roll um mm-hmm. also um, so, a lot of that stuff is like not moving so much. It's a lot of groove and it's a lot of um, jam. And, you know, like the doors with Light My Fire is just like, yeah. the, even though the organ's soloing, it's just like the background's just doing the same thing over and over and over again. I'm just like, yeah, stay on yeah. it. Ah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't need to write a bunch of lyrics because the song title and the little bit of lyrics that you have on a particular song just that's enough i like it's really a great way to listen to music thank
2: you i don't i don't like to over explain in music because i feel like i do that when i talk (laughs) i kind of over explain as i just did (laughs) um (laughs) but not in songs because it gets a little corny for me in songs sure
0: yeah yeah literal lyrics are make me crazy sometimes (laughs) i'm a little bit over that now but um well, another song that is a great listen is that song, Chubby and Tubby. I mean, it's got a little bit of a chant, the counting, the chant in it, and then a great bass line and drums and a slinky guitar. It's just, it's perfect. It's perfect Thank for you. Joe Plummer, at least. Um,
2: <laughs> I wrote the bass line to that one, actually. Uh, That's simple. It's If it's simple, I probably wrote
0: it. It's, when I first hear it, I'm just like, ESG. All right, I'm in, you know. <laughs> um is repetition and and sort of drone which it can be if you do it enough times um is that meditative to you or is it just like the groove
2: i think a little bit of both like i can be you know in a meditative state with it but i just like getting kind of lost you know in yeah. it and then when i'm over it then it changes <laughs> the yeah. next part comes you know right. okay yeah. i'm done with it um and i try to focus on that and trust that feeling because i'm not music's for everyone i want everyone to enjoy it but i kind of have to if i can't champion it then it's like i shouldn't be playing it so when i'm over it it'll change not when everyone else is over it (laughs) like the listener like well sorry i'm not done yet (laughs) (laughs) i didn't tell you you had to listen to this (laughs) and i mean i we had a review once that did say um one of our first reviews <laughs> about Cobain and Cornbread was someone hated how long um, the songs were and how I would sit on things, like kind of the opposite of what you're saying. Yeah. So it's like not for everyone, no you know, way. Um, <laughs> which is totally fine. Whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's but it's, it's really funny. And I, I love what you love about it is what this person really <laughs> didn't like about
0: it. <laughs> well, the other side of it is like go fucking see it live. That might, I mean, I know no one's in the, you're not in the business of changing people's minds, but uh, as far as song length or repetition goes, but seeing music like that live is a, such a great experience.
2: Oh yeah. Uh, And we have so much fun with it. And I like that you brought up the counting on Chubby and Tubby. So, actually, that song was also written first without a name. And I was going to call it Jimmy the Bale Bondsman after this guy, Jimmy, who was a Bale Bondsman. They had all these crazy stories. But a, me and a friend of mine, we were talking about Old Seattle one day, like the Lewis and Clark Theater and all these old things. And then he was like, Remember Chubby and Tubby? I was like, Oh my God, yes. We shop there all the time. Uh-huh. And then I was like, Dude, I have a song that I don't have a name for. And I'm I'm calling it Chubby and Tubby. And so the name yeah. came afterward. And then the counting was also before the name, but, um, I like like schoolhouse rock and Sesame street and things yeah. like that. And so I kind of, yeah. and I, I was like, let's fucking count. I don't know what it's for, but uh, let's, just, let's just count. It's so
0: great. It's so great. <laughs> and
2: maybe we'll get this on Sesame street. That's like a life goal. I have oh, is man. to have a song on Sesame street. <laughs> yeah. I'm
0: glad you brought that up. Cause Chubby and Tubby's was like Dickie for me. It was Dickie's Converse. Yeah. Christmas. Trees. Oh, and then I could get Ben Davis there actually. Um, <laughs> for people uh, who don't know it was a gardening center that sold
2: yeah.
0: uh, Dickies and Ben Davises and Converse and yeah, I forget what else I used to buy there beanies <laughs> probably. It was kind of army surplus in a way.
2: Yeah, that's a good way to put it.
0: And a gardening store Man, it was, yeah, so, uh, yeah I was bummed. Absolutely Maybe they'll come back. That would I be hope great I so.
2: I got a chubby Maybe. and chubby shirt and everything. You do? Yeah <laughs>
0: Um, You and um, Cedric, you, you seem to be such free spirits and so free with your your genre and your expression in general. Were your parents, did you grow up that way? I mean, I I hate to say this because it sounds cheap, but were your parents hippies?
2: No, wow, no, not at all. <laughs> you guys seem like, <laughs> a,
0: in a good way too. No, you totally. You seem like children of hippies because you, you are so free with... I, you know, almost everything you do, as far as I can tell from my, from, from where I'm sitting.
2: My mom used to be a dancer and, um, later was an educator, like has her master's and all that. And, in, in, um, she was a principal. Mm. She's a retired principal now, was, did that for 30 years. But my family being from New Orleans, they always love music and they appreciate arts. They never look down on it. I mean, I come from a family of educators and engineers, but they never look down on the arts which is we're very fortunate um but my mom was an educator and my dad was actually a bank robber um oh <laughs> yes God. and my dad was um he had a funk band in prison um and he played keyboards Holy and like he played by ear and my mom told me she was like because i i play by ear and self-taught for the most part and I remember when she first noticed it and she was like, you get that from your dad. He would put on a record and then sit at his keyboard and just like figure the song out. And she, and my mom was like, I cannot do that. Um, and she was like, you're definitely, you know, you get that from your father. And I didn't meet him until like, he went to prison when I was two and I didn't meet him until I was 14. I think the day after Christmas, um, And my mom didn't know he was robbing banks or anything, but he would come home. The story I was told, he came home. We have like these blotches of ink on them. And I think it was pink. And so um, she she would ask him, like, what are you what are you doing? And he was he would say that he was painting houses and he had to keep renting cars because he would have ink in them. And then I learned that that's the ink packets that explode when you oh steal money God. and so that's what the song mr pink is about it's about my oh. dad it's about well it's called welcome mr pink <laughs> and it's like me singing from his perspective like in a jail cell like i live alone with my shadows sometimes they laugh and point and call me crazy because he's kind of crazy but yeah. we're like friends now and you're cool he's hilarious but he's like he's a little crazy <laughs>
0: wow he hates
2: the song and he was like and he was driving uber for a while and he was like eva i picked up some uber people and they're like hey you're mr
0: pink no way
2: (laughs) i'm like sorry (laughs) man
0: what you just told me doesn't seem true i'm not calling you a liar it's 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 pretty i mean funny given that he's okay now i'm assuming or yeah he's fine okay. he like yeah. sells
2: houses so i never use his name because i don't want like you oh. know torment or not torment but like ruin his career but like he's definitely fine now <laughs>
0: secret bank robber god that's amazing <laughs> okay so they clearly weren't hippies the exact, men. Well, not they the exact hippies. opposite but not what i was <laughs> thinking well regardless you you two are just it i i really um Admire how f- how free you guys are. And one thing, one one thing that's really like f- so fun to me is the way you two use nudity or almost nudity or something. <laughs> and I did read that you did you play a show naked?
2: Um, I've played a show completely naked before, yeah. Um, but with the black tones, we did our first time playing the show box. I was like, hey, this is really cool, we'll probably never play here again. Let's do it in yeah. our underwear,
0: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I mean by, like, um, almost nudity. But it's just, like, it's uh, two things about it is that it's, which I love, which is it seems like a fuck you to people, but it seems like a fuck you, it doesn't, that's no big deal. Like, this shouldn't be a big deal. Yeah. That's how I feel about nudity. And I think it's, I just think it's, like, really fun and i think people that are up that otherwise would be uptight about it yeah
2: and i think i'm just selfish as far as like creating memories i'm like i'm making a yeah. memory for myself if you don't want to see this like uh, i want to be able to tell my grandkids like let me tell you about when grandma played on stage half naked yeah. <laughs> you know I'm just kinda, I am just kind of i tell i tell people that i create memories that i want to tell my grandkids so i live i make choices based on what I want my grandkids to know about me that will either freak them out or make them go, that didn't happen. Like, I just want to like shock my grandkids. That's where all my decision making kind of comes from. <laughs> I don't have any kids. I don't even know if I'm going to be a grandma, but I'm going to be someone's grandma. I don't know. But I got to tell these stories to someone because this is why I'm making all these these choices.
0: <laughs> if you started a, a cult with that philosophy only, I would join it. I'd give you my, I'd, give, I'd give you 10% of my earnings. <laughs> That's amazing. It really is.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's Uh, fun. More
0: people need to think that way.
2: Yeah, they should. (laughs) And I was like, and if I don't end up being someone's grandma, well, I did these cool things and I'll meet someone's grandkid and just tell them they'll have to hear the story.
0: (laughs) That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, At this point, you guys have made um, some records. You've also made a video game, which, how do I say this? I would... I know what the video game is, and I'd like you to explain it. But I would like to be a participant in the video game. Really? Yeah, like as in, well, never mind. I don't want to sound too violent, but I know what the video <laughs> I know what the video game's about. And if it was a real life situation, I might want to be part of it too. Oh but, boy, uh, we should uh, start adding
2: bonus <laughs> characters. I think that'd be really cool, actually.
0: <laughs> um. Okay, so you, you've got some records. Uh cool video game and a children's book do you guys see the black tones as a uh, limitless medium where it's kind of an art project I don't like to use project all the time because it seems to take away from you know the seriousness of the band or whatever you're doing but um is is that how you see it kind of a limitless medium
2: yeah the black tones is like has turned into well it started this way but it's family and it's just like our family's lifestyle and our things our family want to do. So, um, if we want to make a coloring book, like let's make a coloring book. We're, you know, it's just whatever we feel like doing that sounds fun. We're not, we're not thinking so much of like, you know, what is going to be hip. We're just like, Ooh, I like coloring books. We should make a coloring book. (laughs) I don't know. It's all, um, And maybe that sounds unauthentic to say this, but it's all just authentic, organic interest and feeling and just, Ooh, I want to try that. And if no one buys it, it's like, cool. We made one No, We have one. That's really cool. Um, yeah, pretty much anything could be the black tones, any kind of little fun project, ditty, whatever that we want to do.
0: What's next. Do you got anything on the, um, horizon as far as, uh, projects within the black tones band
2: um you know just working on some music stuff working on some new music and uh covering some songs i got into uh zambian rock or zam rock uh i love that stuff i was actually when we wrote Cobain and cornbread i was listening to a lot of 1970s rock from nigeria and that a lot of that inspired uh and cornbread um and then lately i've been really into zam rock and we've got some songs that we're like, we've got to we've got to do this. This is amazing. One called Coffin Maker. Um, and like I kind of see it as a hopeful song because about someone who builds coffins, but not enough people are dying. And he's sitting around with his coffins. And it's just like, yes, this is like a song of hope to me. <laughs> uh, no one's dying. Yeah. Um, and we had a family friend. Oh, can I tell you a story really quick? Yeah. We have a, a new song we had a family friend who um, we knew through our grandparents. We saw almost every Sunday going to church and he's like 89 years old and he just murdered his wife. It was like, like last month. Um, And Cedric told me, and and so we wrote a song about it. um, And that is like kind of going to be probably on a, on a new record. Okay, (laughs) We don't have a name for it yet, but um, yeah, we were, we were dealing with that and um yeah so there's some dark themes but even Cobain and cornbread has dark themes yeah and um like i said i mean i think about death a lot i also like comedy you know so it's Mm -hmm. just i describe myself as a sad clown that's my
0: (laughs) (laughs) have you ever heard the band amanaz no i haven't i'll send it to you yeah you should my favorite zamrock record ever. In fact, I you should
2: be sending me stuff anyway, not just because we're doing a podcast. I know I should be. You're (laughs) right.
0: You're right. You're right. Um well you have a tour coming up. I think it's your first US tour, or am I wrong?
2: You're right. Our first national tour. We've done just like the West Coast, we've done the Northwest. This is the first, you know, introducing us to the rest of the country. I'm nervous. You are? Yeah.
0: How are you going to uh what's your are you gonna go out as a three piece with one other person or just the three of you in a van together? It's
2: going to be five of us. It's oh, gonna cool. be Brandon, who usually is the main bass player, my mm-hmm. husband and my mom.
0: Oh are my taking our mom
2: with us. She does backup vocals um at shows. Oh um, and it's awesome.
0: <laughs> wow. That's gonna yeah. be great. Has she yeah, toured the US?
2: Fun. No. In any um, capacity i mean you know taking family road trips but not yeah, yeah. really not to this degree no um she's very excited
0: experiencing your first tour with your mom
2: yeah
0: i yeah. To think what would my life my life would be different if i had done that i don't know how <laughs> but it would have been different my mom maybe i was always in a band with my mom who knows that's that's amazing
2: yeah she loves the whole you know she loves the band thing she's been so supportive anytime i would have throughout my life the interest i've had in music um i remember when i was into classic rock she got me all these greatest hits albums from the stones and the who and jimi hendrix and all that when i got into kind of weird stuff she got me tickets to see the blue man group (laughs) like she's been always just she feeds whatever (laughs) our interest is and i mean this is a woman who like by the book Christian, like Catholic, conservative Democrat, just got a master's degree, very smart. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna drop out of college and start a band." She's like, "Okay, let me know how I can help." It's like just kind of just wow. great.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great.
2: Yeah, pretty amazing. <laughs> and she's like, "Great, I want to sing. Can I come?" Like, and my family, my whole family's like that. Like I said, they're all smart, great people who value education, but they also mm-hmm. are like we want you to be happy. Yeah. Like if you're not happy, who cares what degree you have? Like you're miserable, you know, and they really like you, prioritize that.
0: It sounds like you all inherently have that, uh, making memories for, uh, the grandma making memories for the grandchildren. That's rather. right. <laughs> Just, uh, as a, yeah. Um, and well, I told that's... my
2: family that any of them at any time can come on stage. Like my four-year-old niece danced on in the front of the stage during an entire set once. Like I'm yeah. really, we're not like this is our image. We're just, like it's right. not even it's fucking music. Like you yeah. want to be on stage and s- sing some lalas <laughs> to songs. Like great. Like yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I love
0: it. What Seattle bands are you listening to right now?
2: I really like Black ends. I think they're really amazing. Yeah. Um. I also really like Beverly Crusher. They're amazing. Oh, right. and yeah, they're named after yeah the Star Trek character. <laughs> um, Warren Dunes. They have. Um, I don't do you know remember Warren Julia Dunes. Massey and the Five Finger Discount? Yes, that, that was a project. Yes. Um, this is like a new project. It's Julia and her husband Jarrett and her brother in law Dom, and they sound like no one I've ever heard before. It's All right. like, I'm gonna yeah, check it. like they're awesome. Um, there's a new, new band that's just starting called Plath, And I'm getting, I'm re- they only have like a couple songs out and I'm getting really excited about them because I don't know where they're going to be, but I'm excited for their future. And then, you know, there's Perry Porter, who's like an amazing rapper and just like, I like out of this world he's from another planet <laughs> and there's more bands i didn't say but there are there's they're male. all incredible <laughs> well
0: thank you oh thank god
2: you. i'm sorry i can't leave out chong and nomad but you probably know who that is by now she's pretty i she's, do she's getting out there yeah she's yeah. incredible
0: thank you um all right well it was great talking to you Thanks that for your time. It
2: was great talking to you too. This is fun.
0: Nice to meet you. Maybe uh, we can hang out in Seattle sometime. We can go to lunch. Maybe yes. we can eat some Vietnamese food or Absolutely. something. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> um,
0: and uh, after again listening to your record so much, I'm coming in as a producer right now. If you guys ever need double drums live. Ooh. I want to play with Cedric. It would be really, so yeah, just the same thing. Oh, fuck! <laughs> we so did bizarre. that once
2: with Naked Giants. Um, See, it's our... It was awesome.
0: It's awesome. Double <laughs> drums is awesome. Okay, well, uh, thanks again, and um, have a great tour.
2: Thank you. Looking forward to it. Come We're on. all getting prepared, and um, you know, everyone's like, I don't know if I should. I don't know, I don't want to put anyone on the spot, but like there's some really cool people that are like supporting us and like making sure we have everything we need. I just want to shout out Mike McCready from Pearl Jam, who's making sure I have everything I need. He's giving me like some guitar strings and everything. And he's like in tour dad mode and I love it. And it's just really nice to have people that really care about us that are, you know, like that are rooting for us and that are just kind of making sure like you know, things run smoothly. I really appreciate it. So
0: (laughs) all right. Well, travel safe. Thank you. Hope to see you before or if not, after in the winter. Yes, indeed. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.